Welcome back, everyone, and welcome to the second podcast for The Sarcastic Psychic. I am The Sarcastic Psychic and your host, Sydney Sherman. I'd also like to welcome you back to allergy season, or as I like to call it, when the gates of hell open. I don't know about the rest of you, but my head is full of snot and my voice is full of crap, and hopefully it's going to still not affect the podcast, but if, honestly, if you're all feeling the same way, then your ears are probably clogged, and I'm probably sounding actually better to you. I'd like to share a little bit personal stuff about me. I just want to tell you that it has to go along with this allergy phenomenon. Uh, last week, I had the opportunity to go visit my grandchildren, gorgeous, glorious grandchildren. Love them to pieces. Absolutely adorable. And I get to their home, and they're all there. We're going to have an Easter egg hunt, and so good times. And I see all my wonderful, glorious grandchildren running to me, Grammy, 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 and they're so beautiful. And the next thing I notice is this dry, crusted snot nose that has attached itself to my precious darling's little faces. And my first thought is, no, oh God, no. But they're so cute, but yet there's this stuff on their face. So, um, you know, I hugged them anyway, but part of me was like, oh, that's just something nobody wants to see. Anyway, it was a good time. I enjoyed myself. Hopefully all of you have had a chance to enjoy yourself, do something fun, get out, you know, adventure, especially with the warmer weather coming. So I did want to tell you about that. Um, since the last podcast I have for those of you who listened, and thank you for listening, I didn't do, introduce myself a little to you. We discussed my early years, um, my pop-up, my feelings about the afterlife, and why I believe, and I even share with you a few stories. We also talked about the type of podcast I will be offering, uh, what you would like to see, I'd like to know about, and what we're going to talk about in the future podcasts. Also, I asked people to please email me your questions, your thoughts, your experiences, good, bad, or ugly. And I got to tell you, you didn't disappoint. I received a few questions, one of which I'm not really sure if it fit the category of question or statement. Uh, but I'm going to share them with you. So I'd first like to start with um, one statement from a friend of mine who's actually been a friend for a while, and um, she's a smart aleck, to put it nicely. She's got a wonderful sense of humor, and she ought to do a podcast one day. But her name is Karen Kay, that's all I'm going to say. And her comment on my podcast from the last time was, Sid, I found your podcast very funny. You know, you could do a stand-up in an empty theater, and people would still find you funny. Well, is that kind of like the same analogy as if a tree falls in the forest, would it make a sound? I mean, would I actually be funny if there was nobody there to listen to? I mean, I wasn't sure if that was a compliment or actually if she was giving me a little dig. But either way, it's good. A knowing Karen, the way I do, I guarantee you she was just being a smart elk. So thank you, Karen. I appreciate that. The next question I had was from Amy, and Amy said, and I quote, I found your podcast to be very informative and uplifting. Yay! It's exactly what I was looking for and excited me to think that I could do something or I can connect with somebody else after some of the loss that I've experienced. I lost my parents one year apart, and sometimes I think I can feel them. Are you going to talk about how religion or other things informs what we think about this subject? In my family, this subject 
was a big no-no. Anyway, thanks for responding. So, Amy, as a matter of fact, I am going to be talking about subjects just like this, and I thank you for listening. But to answer your question, uh, there's many things that interfere with our ability to see or perceive things that go on around us on a regular basis. There are things that color our perception. And a lot of these things are religion, yes, absolutely. But other things could be our nationality or even our community that we surround ourselves with. So I will be putting up the information on my website at www.sydneyshermanauthor.com to let you know of other upcoming podcasts I will have with the topics. And this will be a very important topic. So hopefully you won't miss it. And hopefully you'll follow the website and uh, you can learn more about it. Then I had a very interesting email from a Colleen. And this is a little strange, but as I said, I'm all about transparency and I'm going to share the good and the bad. Colleen says, I wasn't going to ask any questions. And honestly, I listened to you for about 15 minutes of your podcast and just couldn't stand it anymore. I guess anyone could have a podcast nowadays or a platform for spewing nonsense and misinformation. But I'm going to ask a question anyway. Why do people like you do this? You pretend you know things that no one can know. You lie and you cheat people out of their money and you fill their head with falsehoods and you hurt them. I know you probably gloss over your reasons for doing this. Like, well, I'm helping people. That's why I'm doing this. BS, she says. And by the way, she capitalized the B and the S. And actually, she said the whole word, but I won't do that for today. You say you're a nurse. You should know better. You are a very evil woman to be doing this. So there was more. There was actually quite a bit more. But, you know, honestly, I didn't want to give her a platform for saying other things. And I, I, I agree that she has a very legitimate argument here. Um, I am a little perplexed with the fact that I don't believe she has followed me, has seen any of my um, speaking engagements or anything like that, and does not know me as a person. Uh, If she did, I don't think she'd feel that way, but she has a right to her opinion. So for Colleen, if you are listening, I want to answer your question. First of all, thank you for giving me 15 minutes of your time. Um, And lastly, don't hold back. Say what you have to say. Get your story out. I'm not sure if your question or that flothy blabber that came out, if you really meant to sound rude or if it was just coming from a place of fear or a place of sadness. But either way, you know, you asked, why do you do this? Well, you may not understand this and many of you might, but I do do it to help. I really, really do. It does matter to me what people think. Does it matter to me, Colleen, in particular, um, that you find me unsavory or you hope I go to hell? No, it doesn't. It hasn't bothered me in decades. Why? Because I'm so used to hearing it. And, you know, the grown-up part of me understands where this negativity comes from. And again, usually it's from a place of grief or loss. And maybe they've been lied to before and they've been tricked out of their money. And that's a very sad thing. And for those of you who know me, you know it angers me. 
And I've been a huge champion about fighting against that for a long time. But Colleen, for these, for you not knowing me and for not knowing what I do and how long I've been doing it, uh, I think it was a little rough. So I'm not going to stop trying to prove myself, or excuse me, I'm not going to start trying to prove myself to anybody because I stopped doing that a long time ago. You know why? I don't have to, Colleen. I don't have to. I don't have to for you, for anybody else. I have spent all my life doing this and helping people and educating people on a subject I should not have to educate people on. As I said in my first podcast, this is a subject that's well-documented. It's not vague. It's not new. It's hidden. And as we discussed in the last podcast, there's reasons why. But I'm not going to apologize anymore. I have science to back me up, Colleen. What do you have? So, Colleen, again, if you're listening, which you're probably not, I wish you well. I hope you do follow me from time to time. But for otherwise, you know, happy life, well wishes, and all that sort of crap. So on a serious note, as I said, Colleen does bring up a great part. She doesn't know me personally, and it is just her opinion, but it's wrong. And it is her opinion, so she can believe what she wants. But there is way too much BS, as she put it, regarding the subject. Too many liars and frauds. And it's not even necessary. I've met many Colleen's over the years, and usually, as I said, what it stems through is from his terrible experiences, a terrible loss, being lied to or just taken advantage of. So she's not really wrong in what she thinks or feels. She's definitely misinformed. So I did receive another email, and it is another question, and it pertains to uh, today's podcast. So I'm going to wait till the end to go over that. So I love the questions. They're, again, they're so open. And remember, I'm here. Say what you want to say. I want to hear you. I'm not going to melt. I'm used to it. If you have any questions or comments or even a rebuttal, Colleen, that's for you. Please email me at sydneyshermanauthor at yahoo.com. Please let me know if I can use only your first name. And even if I can even read your question or not. Some people don't want their questions read for others to hear. I don't know why you're, you know, asking questions for a podcast, but whatever, that's your personal choice. If you don't tell me, guarantee your question's probably going to be read on the podcast. So without further ado, today's topic is, what do we know? Well, actually, we know a lot. For those of you who have received my books or read my books or been to any of my many speaking engagements, I pretty much lay it all out there. Like an old man wearing a thong at a beach. Nothing's hidden, even though technically it should be. Ugh. But everything gets summed up when I do my book speaking engagements and everything is based upon science. So in that vein, there's three parts when we talk about what we know. There's three parts that I talk about that help people understand this better. And the first part is the science. The second part is the documentation to substantiate the science. 
and the third party's experiences. So first, let's talk about the sciences. And of course, I always start with the law of conservation of energy, which I touched upon in the last podcast. And let's regroup. And for those of you who don't know, that is a theory that was put forth by Albert Einstein, thought to be a very smart and brilliant scientist. The law of conservation of energy simply states that energy cannot be created or destroyed. It is constant, it's viable, it survives. However, we are energy beings. That which makes us who we are, makes us live, makes our cells divide, makes everything happen for us, is energy. So based upon his very real science, if we are energy beings and energy is constant and it can't die, then we can't die. You know, we have a lot of things that go on in the workings of our wonderful human body that a lot of times we take for granted. But there is documented evidence that supports the theory for this law of conservation of energy and how this biological energy forms everything we do. One of my biggest pet peeves that I talk about all the time is, you know, when we were in school, we had to learn about chemical energy and thermal energy and kinetic energy and electrical energy. But why weren't we taught about biological energy? Now, for my medical friends out there, the first thing you're going to say, oh, so no, 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 Sydney, we do. We learned about the neuron, neurons and we learned about cellular division and mitosis and meiosis and all that other stuff, type of osis. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the essence of us. What starts it all? What starts the mitosis and the meiosis? And what starts the cellular division? What makes our brain function, our heart pump? That's energy, but we aren't taught that. So somewhere along the line, I guess someone felt that it was better for us to know how to plug something into an electrical socket or to how to put two chemicals together to form a chemical reaction, but not what makes us live and what makes us tick. In another podcast coming up down the line, we will talk about what's caused this. Why such misinformation? And why is this information hidden? So I'm really interested for you all to come by and and listen to that. When I did my reincarnation presentation for the libraries, um, I did discuss all the different types of beliefs that substantiate the afterlife. And this is from different cultures and religions. Science from astrophysicists, and quantum physicists, psychologists, neurologists, thanatologists, even the occult belief, and my friends, even verses from the Bible itself, all of which provide some evidence for and support an afterlife. This is what I'm talking about when I talk about documentation to substantiate the science. So when you talk about other cultures, there is a rationale for these cultural beliefs. 
the Eskimos and the Mayans, even the Hebrew and Muslim religions, Christianity, up until the Catholic Church took charge, all believed and have documentation to support the afterlife. They are written and their sources and provide proof of the afterlife. I do a lot of these presentations, and again, for this particular subject matter, which we will cover in another podcast, please feel free to go on my website under my upcoming events at sydneyshermanauthor.com and look to see the next time I'm having a presentation on any of the other subjects that I offer, but absolutely reincarnation. I think you'll find it amazing. And the last part is experience. You can also find documentation of experiences, forget ours, as far back as the 1400s, 15, 16, 17, 18, even 1900s. It does start to dim a little bit after that. You can go back and find journals from the mid to late 1800s. Some of them, depending on where you're looking, could be even earlier than that. And for those of you who are familiar with the types of journals that people wrote, you think of it as like a diary. You know, girls keep these secret diaries. But these were more of their daily struggles, their daily life, things that happened with, to them on a regular basis. A pretty mundane, kind of boring to read, but also filled with a lot of information if you really look into it. So one of these journal stories that I'm going to share with you today is from a journal that a man wrote in 1844. And... I'm not going to give out the man's name. I want you to do the research yourself because his story is just like any others. And again, you can find these at your local library or your historical society. And I really, really urge you to do this. But in this particular story, he talks about going to a lake with his brand new fishing pole. He's so excited to try out this fishing pole in his favorite spot. So he writes that he gets there, it's a beautiful day, the breeze is just right, he's got everything he needs for a successful fishing trip. He gets to his favorite location, mom's there in her pretty pink dress, he always loved that dress. He put his fishing rod down on the ground, baited it, and threw it out into the water, and within a few minutes he caught a prize fish. So to read this story, it's really nothing. It's like almost who cares. But when you read further in this particular gentleman's journal, mom's dead. Mom's been dead for quite a while. Now, he didn't say anywhere in his journal, ah, yeah, I saw the ghost of mom or the spirit of mom was there today. No. What he said was, ah, mom was there in her pretty pink dress. I was like when she wore that dress. Why was it that he openly brought up mom? Nowhere more important or less important than his favorite spot to fish in or the fact that he was using his new fishing pole or the prize fish that he caught. He certainly didn't have a problem with it as he didn't say, I screamed, it was a ghost. And I ran and hid. And what you'll find after reading many of these 
documented evidences of experiences, personal experiences, is that he didn't freak out. And it was part of the normal writing because it happened all the time. It happened all the time. And it was expected because it happened all the time and it was accepted because it happened all the time. So my friends, these things, these experiences, these happenings, this proof has been going on for a long time. But yet we don't hear about it. Instead, we gloss it over with nonsense. And I'm going to talk a little bit about some of that nonsense because for those of you who know me, you know that it's one of my biggest pet peeves. So if you get a chance, honestly, you know, go search out in your library or your historical society and see if they have any of these journals. They're absolutely amazing. If not for anything else, look at the history of people who came before us. You know, another place to look for documented evidence, which people would not think would be there, is in the Bible. Now, you know, in the Bible, they talk about angels. And, you know, a lot of times, especially in most Bibles, they say that angels were actually here. God created the angels before he actually even created the heaven, excuse me, the earth. Um, and that's fine. And that they never lived as humans, and so they can't die. However, some of the descriptions and some of the passages that you read in the Bible tell a different story. And what I want to say is, you know, they're usually described as having wings. Well, what makes sense to me when I think about this, based on all the research I've done in my life experiences, is when you see an energy of a loved one who's passed away, their aura, their energy field, just shoot out from them, especially off to the side. And I can see where they might look like wings. I can see that. They are also described as having the face of man or even being depicted as the mirror of resemblance. So let's talk about that for a second. Resemblance of who? Resemblance usually means resembles something that we know, something we've seen before. How about the word mirror? Mirror is usually described as seeing oneself, a reflection of oneself, something equal and or resembling, again, to use that word, oneself. So if they use these words with angels, mirror of resemblance, that would have to mean that these angels that appeared to them looked like them. They recognized them. So if that's the case, they would have to be somebody we knew. And who do we mostly know would be our loved ones. So again, there's many stories, and this is not you know, a religious podcast or anything like that. I'm just trying to give you resources that you can use yourself to start the process of learning all these different awesome things that we all should have known forever. There are stories about Abraham and his visit on the way to Sodom. There are stories about Lot, who was led out of the city of Sodom by, in the words, by an angel resembling of kinship. Now, what is kinship? Kinship, based on the word kin, which kin means a family member. Could be an aunt, an uncle, somebody in the family. So, by an angel resemblance of kin, 
or kinship, depending on which Bible version you look at. This is Lot being led out of the city of Sodom. Well, that doesn't sound like an angel who is not known to him or an angel with vague description that he would have no clue who it was. And in Daniel 6.22, an angel saved Samuel from the lion's mouth. And in that verse, talks about how Samuel had peace and once again, kinship and of knowing this angel. Well, from what we're told about angels, once again, there's no kinship. We didn't know them. They didn't live before. They're not human. So how can this be? So those are just three. But I think it's very poignant that they actually talk about the word angel, but then use these kind of non-angel terms such as resemblance or mirror of resemblance or kinship or of knowing. So I really, really want you to look into this stuff for yourself. Uh, you can find it in many of my Bibles. There's many different Bibles out there. There's a New International Version, the New Living Translation, the New King James Bible, but it's out there. So just you know, do your due diligence and, and do the research. I can do the research for you. I already did it. But I really think it needs more when you do it yourself. So the documentation does exist. If you read it, the text is very distinct between celestial beings, angels, versus man. Again, the words belonging to, resembling, of knowing, etc. So the last the part, last part, the third part, the experiences. Let's talk about the experiences. We all have them. We all always have had them, especially as children. But we doubt them. So there's some things that we are told that are kind of hard to believe, very far-fetched. And then there's some stuff that's just put in our heads that's just not factual. So when it comes to this subject matter, I always tell people, keep it simple. Less is more. You know, we live, we die. There's a science to support our life and there's a science to support our death. We don't have to make it all dramatic. It wasn't meant to be that way. So, you know, we're gonna talk about some things you might experience. When my assistant and friend, very good friend, Peggy, hi Peggy, when we do our presentations and our workshops, we do one called Understanding Your Senses. And this is very important because it is your senses i.e. your aura, that is sensing the energies that are around you, being your loved ones. So knowing what you're feeling and being able to sense these things is key. Again, not taught about it in school. That's a topic for another discussion, but and we will have it. But if somebody's never told you what they feel like, what they sound like, what they smell like, how are you supposed to know? It's not what you think. If you go by the paranormal shows on TV or the horror brigade, as I like to call it, you're completely lost. And you have to remember these TV shows, these movies are meant for shock. They're meant to entertain you and they do a pretty good job of it. Don't get me wrong, I've watched them, but they're not real. Reality, when it comes to this subject matter, is honestly not that big of a deal. It's not shocking. It's not dramatic. It's kind of boring. 
but it's so important. So let's talk about feeling them. You know, the first thing that people tell me is, oh, they're cold. Ooh, I see dead people. Right. Okay. Nonsense. They're energy. The science tells you that they are energy. And if they're energy, they're warm. They're not hot, but they're certainly not cold. Once again, misinformation provided by and brought to you by the Horror Brigade. Let's talk about their scent. Now, we all have one. We may not realize it ourselves, but we do. They can, through the use of manipulating their energy, create their familiar scent. It could be Bengay, it could be Ginate, it could be gasoline, spaghetti sauce, it could be B.O. It could be anything, but it would be pertinent to them. Let's talk about hearing. Hearing and seeing is tough. The feeling and the smelling is much easier for us at first to be able to pick up. Once we groom our brains to be more understanding of what it is that's around us, then the hearing and seeing come next. So with the hearing, again, it's not what you think. If you think you're just going to hear mom in your ear all of a sudden saying, don't do that, that's not how it works. So there, there's no tone to their voice. Tone and frequency and vibration and intonation, those are all physical qualities, they don't have that anymore. So you wouldn't be hearing any tone to their voice. They also speak on frequency. So your brain has to get used to hearing this different frequency come in the ear than the frequency our voice makes. So you can hear my voice right now and your ear, hence sending it to the brain, is hearing it on a different frequency than say electromagnetic frequency which is how our loved ones speak. But again, this is a learned thing. Let's talk about seeing them. They're energy, they're not gruesome, they're whole, they're bright, they're constantly moving. They don't look dead. They don't have skin falling off them. They're not skeletons. They're not bloodied. They're not looking like a walking corpse. Although, don't get me wrong, I love zombies. But that is not how they look. We have got to stop the insanity. We've got to stop this. When we start believing in things that don't make sense, that things that don't have a backing, that things that don't have the scientific backing especially, we're losing the ability to be able to do with something that's so natural for us to do to connect to our loved ones. And as I said before, and I say it all the time, None of us are getting out of here alive. So you best learn this now so that you can possibly have at least some time of connecting with your loved ones and hopefully sharing this with further generations so they don't fall into the same rut that many of you did. So there is different ways that you can connect with them. And again, in other podcasts, we are going to talk about why this is all so important. But to stay on topic... You know, some of the other things that they can do along with these experiences, this is the third phase I was talking about, they can open doors and windows. They can ring your doorbell or your phone. They can hide your keys or other objects. They can move things. It's called object manipulation, just so you know, and it is one of the very few things that these mental midgets in the horror brigade 
got right. But it is called object manipulation. They can manipulate the environment around them to make things move. And they see everything you do. They're there. They don't miss a trick. They don't miss a beat. They don't miss a wedding. They don't miss a birthday party, an anniversary. They don't miss anything. And when I tell you they see everything you do, they see all your intimate things too. Yes, they do. They see your extremely intimate things. So good luck with that. But it's okay because, you know, we're going to talk about feelings next. And hopefully you're going to pull the whole thing together. When it comes to feelings, they got none. I mean, don't be ridiculous. Why would they? Those are human emotions. Think about it. Think about what makes sense. They are in their energy form. They are not in their physical form anymore. It is their human physical form that felt emotions such as anger and resentment and sadness and fear and frustration and embarrassment and all those things. They are absent from that quality. They are energy. Therefore, they don't have feelings. So you might be embarrassed thinking that grandma sitting you watching, sitting, excuse me, watching you sit on the toilet doing your morning constitutional, you'd be embarrassed because you're still human. You still have those human qualities. She doesn't. She's just there. And again, I know this is a tough process for people to get into their minds to see them for as they are right now, but you have to. It's a must because you're not going to move forward until you do. So let's go past, you know, all this other information about, you know, this, as I call them, the horror brigade and things like that. There is so much misinformation when it comes to things that they can do and things that they can't do. So we're going to take these topics one at a time. I'm not going to bombard you with a bunch of things because I want you to learn. So that's pretty much all I'm going to say about this particular part of, you know, how they act or what they do, because that'll be for a different podcast. So, but what I want you to take from this last part that I just talked about is those things, those feelings, they do not come from energy. They come from the physical, which they just don't have anymore. So once we die, we lose all the weakness, the frailty, the time-stamped vessel. What's left? Well, it's the whole energy. It's the whole energy which has actually made us live. It what makes the heart pump. Our cells divide. It's what makes us poop and pee, folks. It really is. It is the face behind the frame. Without it, we wouldn't live. The vessel, the carcass, doesn't make us live. It holds the items in place for the energy that allows us to live. Get it? I mean, please, it's, it's science. It's not just for smart people. But how does this equate to the law of conservation of energy? Well, as we said before, energy can't be created. It's constant. It's always here and it always will be. It can't be destroyed. Well, if we're energy beings, which we are, then our energy has also been here since the beginning of time. 
Therefore, we cannot die. We cannot be destroyed. Our carcass, bye-bye, out the door. You need to see your loved ones in their true form. We are still in this true form. However, covered by a frail, time-stamped facade. Once you get yourself to seeing them in a more scientific and rational way, you can move forward in your experiences. You can begin to see the TV shows and the movies for what they truly are. Nonsense and made up for drama, which creates confusion and is completely fake. Colleen, I'm talking to you. So with that being said, I have a last question from Kim. I love Kim. First of all, I know Kim. Uh, she's a groupie, and she kind of scares me. i got to tell you, help. No, I'm not. She's everywhere. Everywhere I go, she's there. So, you know, that's where I say it. She's a little scary. Uh, Kim, uh, hopefully you're listening. You know I love you. You are my favorite peep, without a shadow of a doubt, and I don't say that lightly. So there's two parts to Kim here. So first of all, Kim says, great podcast, Sid, you rock. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. When are you going international? Well, two things, Kim. My book, You Are Not Alone, actually has gone international, so I, I guess that doesn't count. And I tell you what, I'll go international when you stop dating every guy that offers you a beer or some kind of other legal beverage. How's that sound? For everybody else, I'm not being mean to Kim. Kim loves me. I love Kim. And, you know, she'll get that. But anyway, she goes on. Kim's question, I saw ghost hunters. Good for you, Kim. They talked about shadow people. I think I've seen a shadow person in my bedroom. Can you talk about that? Well, sure. Absolutely, Kim. Anything for you, darling. Well, you see, there are shadow people. And shadow people do actually exist. Are you surprised? I, I think I just heard somebody fall off their chair. But wait, there's more. It is nothing. Listen carefully. Nothing like they say on those paranormal shows. And I'm going to stop here for a second. The word paranormal, I just, I, I just crack up with this. The word paranormal means above or outside the normal. So if I have Rice Krispies for breakfast every morning and tomorrow I have waffles, that's paranormal. Do you understand what I'm saying? The play on words is just absolutely insane. Anyway, it's nothing like they say. Remember, drama. Drama is what they're all about. So here we go, Kim. You may have seen absolutely a loved one in a shadow form. And as I've had the opportunity to see a few of your deceased family members before, I don't doubt it because a few of your deceased loved ones have pretty shady characters. <laughs> I'm joking. Not really. So, you know, I'm going to explain shadow figures very quickly because, again, that's part of another podcast that we'll be having in the future. So when your loved ones present to you, their energy, they have no desire, no need to present in any type of physical form at all. They do it for us so that we can recognize them. It's called validation. Sometimes when they present themselves, they will present in a full form or maybe from the waist up, or maybe just their face, or maybe part of their face. 
but it is something that you would definitely be able to validate who it is. Unfortunately, sometimes they come in what's called a shadow form. My Aunt Marie, wonderful lady, was a flapper. And uh, she presents to me sometimes, most of the time actually, in a shadow form. Now, if you listen to the ridiculous shows on TV, they're just for ratings, they would have you think of this as some kind of a demon or negative energy or dark source. This is my Aunt Marie. She didn't hurt nobody. And they don't hurt anybody. So what they do is they teach you to run from these people instead of going toward them. So yes, absolutely shadow people are real. I don't call them shadow people or shadow forms. That is more in the way they present. As I said, they can present in many different ways and we will talk about that in another podcast. Their mom, dad, grandma, uncle Charlie, Auntie M, but they're not evil and they're not demonic. So, Kim, I know you've heard this before. You have to look for the rational. You've got to put the time in. You've got to do the validating. Work on it. And then you'll have your own answers. Love you, kiddo. So, that's it for this podcast. The next podcast will be on May 14th. Oh my God, it's May already. And that podcast will be called, How Did We Get Here? Amy, that might be a good one for you. So if you're listening, this might answer your question about religion and other sources that block our ability to connect with our loved ones. And Amy, if you're not listening, why? Inquiring minds want to know. So please remember, everyone, send your questions, your thoughts, your feelings, suggestions, for further or future podcasts. Remember, if you're writing me and you're asking me a question, I'm probably gonna put it on my podcast. So, you know, please let me know if it's okay to use your first name. If I don't get any information from you, I might just say your first name. Please visit my website at sydneyshermanauthor.com. I have lots of great events coming up, new exciting events, different libraries. However, I do have a great one coming up also for those of you who are in Connecticut at the Essex Steam Train. Very excited about this. It's May 18th from 6.30 to 8.30. And it's the beginning of a three-part series. And this first part on the 18th is on You Are Not Alone, which is based upon my first book. So you can find this information again on my website. And you can go there to find the information on also how to purchase the tickets through the Essex Steam Train for one or all three of these events. They will be May, June, and July. So thank you for listening, all of you. And again, send your questions to sydneyshermanauthor at yahoo.com. And I just want to say one last thing to Colleen. I do hope you come back. I hope you give me a shot. I know I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but you know, I got news for you. You probably ain't either. So let's do something together. Let's learn. I'm only scary once you get to know me. So until next time, stay open, stay aware, stay informed, and stay cool. Ciao, y'all.